Today I sat down with fellow podcast host and mama Sarah Wire from Suspenders Unbuttoned. We both have a child with special needs, so we chatted about that and how her podcast Suspenders Unbuttoned got its start. Hi, Sarah. Hi. <laughs> I'm so excited that we're doing this. Um, I know you you had posted, because I had posted the little teaser with you and the other ladies that I'm going to be interviewing in May and how honored you were to be interviewed in their company. But, you know, I, I, when we first connected, which was all through Rama drama. Um, and I, and I was looking at podcasts that were, that was interviewing, you know, rom-com type people. And I found your podcast that you do with Julie. Um, it's unbuttoned suspenders, right? opposite suspenders unbuttoned. unbuttoned that's right I do that yes. every single time yes that's suspenders okay. unbuttoned okay so yeah. so I want to know first because I, I want to talk a little bit about, about your podcast I, I I watch it but I don't know a lot about how it came about so how, first of all how'd you come up with the name okay well the name kind of came after so okay um, I'll, I'll start from the beginning and you'll probably hear my kids in the background but um, all right so we met um much like you and I met on a, like a Facebook group page. And we were in um, a When Calls the Heart Team Nathan page. And we uh, sort of all connected over that show. And um, Gabby, our other podcast po- partner, who's been on maternity leave since the day we had our first one, she had her baby. <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me. She pulled us into like a chat. And we just all started chatting. There's a, there was five of us originally. Um, and I randomly one day said, Hey, here's our Instagram page and here's the login and the password. And let's just have some fun with this, like all this silly stuff. So we became kind of like a team Nathan when calls a heart page. Um, and then what we realized is that we spent a lot of time talking about other things to each other and not just the show. So after our team lost with the, the um, outcome of the love triangle, we decided to kind of shift gears a little bit. We took advantage of that. So we were called Hope Valley Suspenders. Um, and we switched the name to Suspenders Unbuttoned because the song Buttons by the Pussycat Dolls kind of became our joke anthem. Um, oh my gosh. So we were posting, there was like these scenes where um, Nathan would have like an unbuttoned surge and everybody just kind of like ate it up. Like it was just funny. Um, and it sort of became like our little anthem. So we decided we had to use buttons in our title. And also, um, you know, if you go more meaningful, it means like we unbuttoned our focus, like we opened it up to whatever we felt like posting about. Um, so that's a long answer, but that's the truth of it. Uh, pe- we used to go live on Instagram and then people would say like we started a Facebook group because the group we met in had shut down and a lot of people wanted to keep the community alive so you know we have we're not that big of a Facebook group but it's kind of a lot of the same people that we used to have conversations with um, so yeah that's it we just the podcast again happened by accident <laughs> they were like you guys should start a podcast and I'm like I hate my voice like it's the last thing I want to do Um, But we just did it one day and we realized like, hey, it's really fun to connect with people that you would never think you would connect with. So we're just kind of in it for the fun of it. 
Yeah. And it's so funny because when I saw it, I assumed that it had been on for years. Like I, I was like, oh, this is so great. You know, I, they, you know, so they're established and like, so this weekend, you know, they're able to get these people. So maybe I'll be able to get these people, but you started in November. <laughs> we started in November. Yeah. 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 And then my first episode didn't air until February. So I didn't realize how close together like we were as far as like yes. creating it um because I think you would reach out to me and you're like we have no idea what we're doing and I'm like well what we do you mean I'm like, you're like oh we just started in November and I'm like oh god are you serious that's crazy yeah, um, we literally have no clue what we're doing we're oh yes you do well you guys you guys use a pretty unique platform um don't you on because you go live we go live, live yeah with your guests. right well I can't take credit for that um we were invited on to um everything about Hallmark podcast with Roxanne um she had found us because she had seen like all of our groups starting and she just thought it was interesting what we were doing so we were invited on and that's how we found the platform and she goes live as well on, on YouTube um and we we're like okay well this could keep our live kind of community alive and then there were people in the Facebook group that didn't have Instagram and it kind of worked out where like we could stream live onto YouTube and onto Facebook so most of the time you know those people that like to go live with us will jump on right um, but you know we're still a really tiny group and a tiny podcast but we've gotten lucky it's just a lot of making connections reaching out to people I don't have your pop it it's upstairs in my room yeah, we have cookies. I don't know what you said. I hid it upstairs. Go find it. Oh, my daughter made brownies, and now my little one has like chocolate. chocolate <laughs> like 10 o'clock. I love it. I love it. I'd have a brownie that early for sure. Um, Oh, that's so cute. So, so let's, talk, so while we have your kiddos, cause I can okay. see somebody, there he is. I there he am is. still in his pajamas. That's quite We're all right. No one's going to know what time it is when we, <laughs> when oh, the, the ball pit. That's what you're saying. They're inside this truck. You can get the balls out of the truck. I put them in there and then you need to take them to the living room, please. Yeah. She's so cute. So who is that? So that's Wes. He's my youngest. He's four. Okay. And he knows he's the baby and the last baby. <laughs> and the last baby, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's so cute. And you have two others. I do. Um, I have my oldest is turning 12 this summer. Um, and she is a middle schooler now. And my middle guy is nine. And that's Will. He's my little one with special, special needs. Yeah. Special needs. Yeah. So, and that is the other thing that's brought us together. Um, yes. when we became friends then on Facebook, um, there is a video that you have up there. I believe. Oh, right. Um, and tell me a little bit about it because I know it's like an acronym, isn't it? For some, what is. So uh, I think what you're talking about is, um, the video I did for the Doman, the yes. Doman method. So we, we um, have been on a long journey as every mom of a special needs kid probably can very much relate to. Um, and we, Will had been in um, a school for diverse learners and it wasn't going too well, not as well as we thought, but then the pandemic hit and they did virtual and that obviously did not go very well. So um, I use that time, and I don't know about you, Jen, but 
I go through cycles where there's times where I'm like totally fine and we're in a great space and then something will happen. And I'll be like, what do I do? I have to do something like that. I'm missing something. And I start deep diving. Um, I'm in every Facebook group, like what didn't I try yet? What haven't I done yet? And this meme kept popping up. And when I would research Dome and International, I couldn't find a whole lot about it, but it was been around since I think the fifties or the forties, like it's been around for a long time. So I finally reached out to them and um, we ended up deciding that this was the perfect program. So um, that's what the video was about. It was about kind of like a day in the life of what we do at home. And I took little videos and then they put it together and turned it into a little video. So yeah, Doman International um, is the name of the organization and um, it's been great. So it's an educational curriculum. Is that what it is or? No, it's hard to explain. And I'm going to do my best. And of course, I'm really sorry about the background. Oh, it's fine. Your um, audio is so, fine. Um, so it's more than that. It's a, it's, I guess the way to describe it is a whole body. They work on your whole body. So um, basically what it comes down to is when you have special needs, you have some sort of a brain injury, right? So in it, there's different parts of your brain, different um, ways it's affected or severity and all this stuff. So you go um, and they kind of, they have, I should have it here too. And they go do like a profile on your child and they okay. can, they're like, okay, well, this part of the brain and this part of the brain. And they use that as their basis and they kind of put together a program for you. So we found them when Will was, um, right before he turned eight, I believe. We've been almost a year and a half now, I think. And it's a whole body approach. So they do nutrition. We had already been in that world, like very, very deep. So I don't work with them as closely about nutrition, but oh God, I wish I would have found this years ago because they kind of lay it out for you. Like, um, that you work with a doctor, it's part of it. You work with um, a, um, na like a naturopathic doctor. I feel like that might not be the right word, but- Like holistic, you know, they, like a holistic- Yeah, more holistic, okay. that's okay. what I'm thinking. So, you know, you, they go by your blood work, they go by your health. Um, a lot of these kids have big medical problems. So I feel like this is a very important piece that's missing from most special needs programs, right? So thankfully I've already been down that. That's like, I could do a whole podcast on that. Right. <laughs> um, and then they take like cognition and physical ability, you know, Will could already run and walk, but you know, he can't pedal a bike. Like, so like there were like things missing parts of the development. So they, you have a whole physical program, which is like for Will right now, he runs a mile. We do working on monkey bars, breakation and um, crawling, like army crawling and then creeping on your hands and knees. So like all these things are ways to uh, organize your brain. Right. And that kind of like helps everything else. We have a respiration program um, to help more oxygen getting to the brain and um, because your brain can grow and change and right. the younger you are, the easier it is. But yeah, and then we do academics. So I sneak in all, um, you know, like what we need to cover in Rhode Island sort of thing into my reading and math program. I make homemade books. Um, I love that. 
think I've got one here. So I made one about numbers. So in his reading program, I'm kind of sneaking in the academics that I have to. And he, um, and you do all of this. I do it all. Yeah. It's me. My husband helps a little bit <laughs> as much as he, he's supportive, um, but he was, he's the one that does like the running program with him. So right. that's like their thing. Right. Um, they'll okay. run a mile sometimes too. And um, yeah, but it's me. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Oh, I know. So what is, what is his official diagnosis? Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't even know at this point. Okay. We haven't had a real diagnosis made since he was two. I realized that it really didn't mean anything. Um, we have an autism diagnosis, but he's always yeah, I was going to ask if you just have, have it. I mean, it, it's helpful. I know there's so many, <coughs> excuse me. There's so many parents that don't want to label their kid and don't want that diagnosis, but I always tell them, you know, it's really it's a path. The only one that gets you anything. Right? Exactly. Yeah. You can't, yeah. I mean, you, you can't get any, I mean, unless you pay private pay. Um, but you know, if you want the insurance to cover it, you need to have that diagnosis. Right. Um, He's so like, yes, can fit on that spectrum easily. But a lot of times, like when he first got the diagnosis, um, the psychologist, I think she was a psychologist that we went to, she was like, he doesn't really fit on there, but you know, we can squeeze him in because he's got, you know, the developmental delay, delays, got right. language, um, you know, he was barely talking then. And so he can certainly squeeze in. And then there's days where he, you're like, oh yeah, this is the right one. <laughs> and then there's right. other days where you almost don't know, you know, that something's up. So he squeezes in there pretty easily, but you know, we also struggled with apraxia of speech. Um, that was another, that was another official one we worked closely with a speech therapist for many many years but. yeah it's it's tough and he and you said two age two was about when you started seeing or no um so <laughs> I went to school for early childhood education um, so I had all my you know my textbooks out all the time right so with my daughter she was early on everything so um she was talking in full sentences at I don't know, really early. So when you, I started noticing what happened was he was sick. Um, so we had health issues, but at the same time, I started realizing that there was developmental issues, but everybody was saying, oh, it's because he needs tubes. And um, that's why he's not talking. And like, I had to fight for services for a long time. I had to fight for early intervention. Um, and then we saw this one doctor who was like, yeah, he needs to go to therapy. And like, you're right. Something's not quite, but nobody was ever like concerned, concerned. Like I was, but I knew something's not right from the yeah. beginning. Right. Yeah. As we know mama's no <laughs> mama's for sure. No. Yeah. I had the same experience with Allison, um, who is 12. She'll be 13 in October. Um, but the same thing, you know, she wasn't, we were in like one of those, it was called tumble tots. It was like, yeah. you know, you go, and you know, there's like 10 kids in the group and your kid just acts different. Yeah. Like there's 10 kids. One is acting like from the other nine. It's not like a couple of, no, it's just yeah. my child is acting completely different. You know, my child can't, you know, put her shoes on and off. She's not really talking. She can't sit and listen to a story. Right. She flaps her arms, you know, and obviously now I know what that is, but at the time I was like, what is she doing? Like right. why? And she doesn't, she's not looking at me. She's not, you know, 
And so I remember going to the pediatrician and the pediatrician saying, oh, she, you know, I had a girl too, and she was late on everything. You can't compare your child to other children. Everyone, every child has their own little path that they take and, and whatnot. And then when she was two, we took her to like the, the state kind of, you know, where yeah. you kind of go and see yes. the child psychologist yeah, and the speech that. therapist. Yeah. yeah. And they knew within like, like minutes of seeing her, um, that she was autistic. They're like, she has autism, like hands down, you don't need a second opinion. And, and it was so crazy because the way that they determined it, well, the way that they kind of knew right away, we walked in and these rooms are so small. We walked into this little room. It's like the worst environment. It is the worst environment for a kid to do anything. Like I felt uncomfortable. I can't only imagine what she, and she was very young. Obviously she was like two, you know, two, but she could walk, you know, and everything. And um, we're sitting there, they have her at a desk with these two women on the other side. And then we were kind of behind her. And I remember the lady going, Allison, where is your mommy? And she did nothing. I went, Allison, where's your daddy? And like a typical two-year-old would turn around and like go to that person. And she literally looked at both of me and my husband and goes, she has no idea who you are. And I'm like, well, first of all, that's probably not the best way to be explaining this to me. Um, And then she followed that up with, do you think if somebody grabbed her, she would scream? And I'm just like, first of all, what parent thinks of that? Um, Why are these people so shitty? I had one of those too. And I I walked away. And I was like, you know, I'm not sure. But to your point, I've never heard her scream. Like Mm -hmm. she's never made that sound. As an infant, she would cry. But as a toddler, I've never heard her scream for anything ever. And so, you know, I, that was our first experience with all of this. And then I remember the drive home. I think every parent kind of like remembers when, you know, a doctor finally like sheds a little light on kind of what is going on. Um, You know, but it's like, you know, yeah, your kid needs speech therapy. There's a six month wait list, um, but they, she definitely needs it like right away. And it's like, okay, (laughs) you know, what am I, what am I, what am I supposed to do? So they give us, they print out like all the resources, you know, and of course, uh, Palm Beach County is 2000 square miles. It's ginormous. And mm. so, I mean, it's like three hours from top to bottom is how long yeah. it takes. I mean, it's huge. So they give you this alphabetical list. I mean, it was, you know, she said, just start calling, just start calling, see if they take insurance. And, you know, of course we are like, well, we don't care about that. And if we have to go broke trying to, you know, get our kids services, yes. you know, that's Which what parents do, right? Exactly. Yeah. We, us too. Yeah. Um, and I remember though, going down the list and I finally got to, first of all, nobody was taking new patients. We're not taking new patients. We're not taking new patients. We're not taking new patients. We don't take your insurance. You're too far for us, you know, whatever. So we finally got to the B's. And there was a place called Butterfly Effects. And I remember calling the lady. I mean, this was hours after the diagnosis. I mean, nobody yeah. waits, right? Like there was no, no warning period. The car. There was like, like okay, yeah. let's start calling everything. We were on Amazon ordering every autism book you could possibly find that had five stars. We're like, well, you read this one. I'll read this one. We'll compare notes, you know, so we can kind of figure out what our game plan is going to be. And 
I remember calling this lady, the calling butterfly effects. And she could kind of hear in my voice that like, I was just frazzled. And she was like, when did you get your daughter's diagnosis? And I was like, "Mm, like two hours ago. And she's like, you know, this is going to be like a really tough. She was the first person that actually listened to me and like validated that calling all of these people totally sucked. Like it was horrible. Um, and that was like the first lady that I cried. Like I cried to her for like 20 minutes and she stayed on the phone with me, but that's who we ended up going with. And we were able to get three hours a day. A person came three hours a day, every day and started working with her. Um, And so I think the biggest challenge for my husband and I was we didn't know how to interact with her. Like we didn't, she didn't play like a typical two-year-old, right? So she's not interested in Barbies or dolls or anything. She liked like chip bag clips and like rant. And I'm like, why are we buying you toys? Like you play with a box, like what, you know, and then understanding why that was, and then all of her sensory processing issues and, you know, all of that stuff just start in her food aversions, which was like a huge thing, you know, for us. Yeah. I have to say, I'm really thankful. Um, I'm so thankful that we never had to deal with that. Like my, he's always been, um, like a super eater, but also we had allergies. So that was one of the first things that kind of popped up and started this whole thing. And sometimes I forget about it. And as I'm listening to you talking, it's like all rushing back to my Oh head. yeah. Oh I my see. gosh. I remember it's like, oh, that whole days. thing yeah. of kind of just not knowing. And then finding spaces like what what the hell is life going to be like what's going to exactly and then when you finally find those avenues of information it's like so much information that you're just like oh my (laughs) gosh I mean I remember going to Whole Foods and because the only thing that she would eat was pot buttered noodles and grilled cheese and they wanted us to go gluten and dairy free of course and that's and that's what your kids like because of the we know how it affects their bodies exactly So I remember going to Whole Foods and buying a $10 loaf of gluten-free bread. This was 10 years ago. It's not that bad anymore, right? Because it's more mainstream. It's more like $6. (laughs) Yeah, right? Yeah, now they're $6. Everything's Um, $5 if it's gluten-free. Right. (laughs) That's like the baseline (laughs) for whatever it is. Um, And like, of course, she didn't like it. Like it tasted, I mean, she already had an issue with like if the grilled cheese was cooked a certain way. So of course it's different bread. Like she's not going to eat it. Um, So we didn't, we didn't stick to any specific diet with her at all. We didn't, she doesn't have digestive issues. Um, She goes to the bathroom like a champ and she sleeps like a champ. And so we're like, you know what, until something happens, otherwise we're just going to let her eat what she eats. Yeah. Um, For us, it was, it started with hives. He broke out with hives and then, and he looked, I remember um, calling the doctor and being like, Oh my God, I think he broke out with hives. And she was like, "Eh, like you can give him some Benadryl. And then um, she was, she called me back and said, I'm going to send you um, for lab work. Um, But he was nine and a half months or going or 10 months, maybe he was 10 months. And she said, um, I'm going to give you his one year lab work at the same time. So you only have to do one blood draw and you're not going back in like a month, you know? So we go and we get his blood work back and we get called into the office and the doctor who we don't usually didn't see, she was like, 
white. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. Well, his white blood cells were so high. So, and he has no, no ferritin. Like his ferritin was like a level one. And I think it, I can't remember now. I used to know all the lab work stuff. Um, I have a binder full of lab work. <laughs> oh, yeah, we have um, a binder too. <laughs> so um, that started our journey. And it, we were, he was followed by um, the, hemato- the hematologist for a long time. We, we had to do iron. And then his white count never changed because they were saying, oh, well, his, he has no ferritin. So we need to get like the iron and ferritin levels up. And then like his regular counts will even out. And they never did. So we were followed by, so they finally they made us go into the children's hospital to the oncology department. We had to get cancer testing. That was like the worst time of my life. Really. I was like, I don't care what special needs he has, like, please be healthy. Um, at the same time, um, my, one of my good friends who struggled with Lyme disease terribly would be texting me and saying like, Will has Lyme. I, I like, everything you're telling me, like he has Lyme disease. And I'm like, he doesn't because he's never been bitten by a tick. And now we live where ticks are rampant. We're very right. aware of them. Um, I grew up with them like in the woods kind of. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, there's something called congenital Lyme disease. And um, so of course I go down my first deep dive, right? Well, maybe probably my second um, of being a mom. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, like other things kind of happened and like pointed me in this direction and I I was I'm petite right I'm just barely make five feet um I weighed under 100 pounds my entire life until I had babies I weighed 86 pounds and I and I was eating I was going through Dunkin Donuts and getting donuts every other day because I was just trying to like gain a little weight. Yeah. It was like a test in my mind. I'm like something, am I just stressed out and not eating? Cause that happened. Um, and I'm like, I'm not, I can't gain weight. Like, and I'm always tired. I went to my doctor and I'm like, do I have Lyme disease? No, you know, he totally brushed me off. Wouldn't even test me for it. Tested me for like thyroid stuff. I left him. I went to my husband's doctor and he's like, of course you probably have gotten bitten by a ticket and not seen it. Like you have a lot of hair and those suckers are really tiny. So he tested me. We couldn't find anything. I have this wonderful angel neighbor who I still, we moved away from, but we're still in touch. But she, one day, um, I remember dropping my daughter off at preschool and um, I called her because her son had autism. So all this is all happening kind of at the same time, right? We're health. I are, I already know he's behind. I have him in early intervention. I don't think we had a diagnosis, but like, I'm not dumb. I, (laughs) I've been researching this. So I reached out to her. Her kids also had Lyme disease and her son had autism. So she just brought me over a pile of books and said, read this one, keep this one for later. Um, call this therapist, call this person. You you really need to see this doctor. Um, and I'm like, okay, overwhelming right so overwhelming but I had her as somebody I could reach out to so I remember dropping my daughter off one morning at preschool and I'm in the parking lot and she happened to call me and she's like I really think you need to go see this doctor and he's been on tv before his name is Dr. Bubolis he's in Connecticut 
he, I don't know if you remember this because you love the news so much. You remember the hiccup girl from like, yes, I don't know. He solved her hiccups, right? Oh, she was um, on the today show. Yes. Yeah, so it was I like remember. A big thing. And she's like, so she told me about that. I'm like, I remember that story. And she's like, I want you to go see him because he is going to look at your entire family, all of your health histories and all this stuff. So we go there because we still can't, we've been declared leukemia free, right? But his white count is still, still high. Really high. We've been to Boston Children's because we, we're an hour, 40 minutes or an hour away from there. Um, nobody knows. The doctors even said, hey, we presented his case to the whole New England, whatever. Medical board. And nobody <laughs> right. has a clue. Right. So like he'll probably outgrow it. And I'm like, he's going to outgrow his white count. Mm-hmm. Now I know his body was up. It was full of inflammation. So now I can see a little bit of what they were saying, but I'm like, there's a problem. And I want to know, is it connected to his development? Um, so we go to this doctor and he's looking through the binders. He's like, yeah, this isn't cancer. And he's like, uh, he has Lyme disease. I'm like, what? I'm like, no. And he's like, he has congenital Lyme disease. He was born with Lyme disease. I'm like, but I don't have Lyme. I tested and he goes, I don't care what your doctor told you. I'm telling you, I'm going to test you. And I guarantee you, we're going to find something. And they did. Wow. They found it. We all had it. I passed it to my daughter and my son. Will, Will, stop. He's barking at somebody. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Being it's silly. So, um, so yeah, that's a really long story. I mean, we, I, you know, I've been through a lot with that and I've learned a lot for that. But so we kind of got that got put on the path of the health and wellness. And I mean, even right here, I've got like all my herb books, like I love all that stuff. Um, but yeah, to find like a program for him for school, cause he is smart, right? He, he wasn't the kind of kid that didn't know anything, but he didn't, he couldn't tell you he knew things. Like we had that whole situation with the speech pathologist who she's like, he doesn't know anything. And I'm like, I think I even said, you're completely wrong. Like, yeah. it's not that he doesn't know it. It's how does he get it out? Yeah. Um, but that's, that's what people were kind of giving me for hope. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. He was the kind of kid I remember before he turned one and my husband's like, where are my keys? And Will dragged me over and pointed on the top of a dresser that he couldn't even see on top of because he knew his dad put them on top of there. <laughs> yeah. Like, so he's that. always had this yeah. big memory. I don't even right. know what I'm talking about anymore. I've lost track. Oh, so- <laughs> hi, bud. You can say hi. Hi. Can you wash your face, please. <laughs> That's so cute. Um, so then how did, so he, did he, so he went to school, like a typical school or did, was he always homeschooled? Um, nope. I kept him home. Okay. Um, kindergarten like we've he's got a January birthday so he's like a like he misses that cutoff so we had that little bit of extra leeway I felt comfortable enough to say like he's not ready to go I'm gonna wait till six um I think that's the law too but um he did go at six we had kind of been introduced to this school for diverse learners um in our state and it was a beautiful school Um, And I kept saying like, oh, like I know it's in there. So we just need like the right people to know how to get it out. Um, So we 
kind of started the IEP process because we thought like, let's get an IEP in place um, because then maybe the state would transfer him and let him go to this private school. Um, so he went for like a few weeks to the public school kindergarten. Um, it could have gone better, but what happens is regulation is an issue. So there is never any academics happening there. It was, you know, they want to label behavior. It's not really behavioral issues. It's more regulation, which I understood because um, we never did like ABA therapy. We did floor time. I don't know if you've ever heard of Stanley Greenspan. He was like my, my books that I would read. So I've never been very typical and mainstream when it comes to this stuff. I've always yeah. been on the opposite side. Um, so he did go to the public school and then he got accepted into this um, wonderful school called the Wolf School. Um, Wesson. So he went there and again, no academics ever could get done and it wasn't their fault. They were wonderful, wonderful teachers. Um, but he was the only one his age and everybody else was like three years older than him. So there was like a first or kindergarten to second grade sort of mixed class and he just he didn't fit in academically anywhere there. And then um, because it was so small, he ended up having like one-on-one -on -one time. So he would just get like the classroom teacher one-on-one -on -one and then the OT and the SLPs. Like, so he never was there with kids. And then the pandemic hit and here we are. And I was like, school is not the right choice because, because I don't want him to get labeled as behavior because he can be difficult and not get the academics out. So that was where... I found Doman International because they were like, he already reads um, and he knows like he typed, they have, I forget what it's called right now, but um, like they had the letter board and you know, when they mm -hmm. kind of type, well, he was like typing all these messages and I'm like, I'm in there wow. like crying because I'm like, I didn't know. You I knew, knew he was smart, that. but I yeah. didn't know like we were there. Right. So then they started on this program and, you know, he, we just finished our seven multiplication table. Like my daughter is in sixth grade and she was like, I think he knows it better than me. Like, yeah. Um, so they really helped me to figure out how to teach him. Right. Academically. Yeah. Which we couldn't get out of a school. Right. It's just too many pressures on him. Mm -hmm. But the goal yeah. is someday, please go to school. <laughs> right. <laughs> how old is he? He is nine, nine. He just turned nine. Yeah. 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 You know, it's so funny. I like how you said that you get in like a really good space and then like something happens. Well, for us, puberty happened <laughs> and I don't even want to, I mean, my daughter, don't, don't think about it. I don't even like, want to think, don't think about it. Like just that. don't think about it. Um, that is kind of the space that we're in right now. And it has thrown us a little bit for a for a loop, um, mm. you know, so many girls, so there's not many girls at Allison's school. She, now she goes to a special needs school. Okay. The, um, Ernie L's, a uh, professional golfer, whose son has autism. He built a school, um, called the L center. And that's where okay. she, and that's where she goes. She's been there. This is her third or fourth year, um, at that school, fourth year, I guess. Yeah. And, um, and it's all children that are on the spectrum. So, you know, the classroom sizes are small. There's only eight kids in our class and 
three, two teachers and one assistant. Um, you know, so the ratios are really small and she has an IEP and, you know, and yep. the whole deal. Um, and she does very well in school. I mean, academically she doesn't, I mean, she, she, she cannot write her name. She cannot, she doesn't have many words. She, she has, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, if she needs, so she, her words are like French toast, pasta, right. pool, bathing suit. Yeah you know, outside, you know, car ride, you know, those sort of things. Um, you know, but she still like, can't tell us when something hurts. That's a hard, hard one. Right. Yeah. It's so hard. Cause it's yeah. like, you know, especially with COVID cause right. I'm like, you know, she could be sick and we don't even know. Like we, unless she, I mean, I always, I always tell people, I'm like, unless she's throwing up or has diarrhea and a fever, like right. we don't, don't know. Like, don't I don't know if she has a headache. You can't right. see a headache. You can't see a stomach ache. You know, like I don't, I don't, does her chest hurt? Can she not breathe well? Like, right. I don't know. And in fact, when she was, I want to say, see, that was, she was born in October. That was November. She was only like six weeks old and she ended up with RSV. Oh yeah. That's scary. And we yeah. did not know. She was not a crier. She did not cry. When she woke up, from sleep. So talking about tumble tots, I would show up to tumble tots. Not that I'm like a real, like showy person, but I was showered. My yeah. hair, my hair, I would, you know, my, I was showered basically, you know, it's so hard to shower as a mom. It's it like is the showered last thing, as you know, a mom. It's hard right. But it. I showered, I brushed my teeth and 100%. I had something on other than my pajamas. Right. Yeah. And all the moms would be like, how are you able to get all that done? I said, she just sits in her crib. She doesn't cry. Oh my gosh, she's perfect. No, she was autistic and she was not able to express any emotion. She had no right. expressive language. Right. And so that was more, that was what was going on. Yeah. Um, See, we so had the opposite. He was pretty fussy. So I, he lived in my slang. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I feel like it's either one end of the yeah. spectrum or like the other, right? Yeah. They're either like super, super attached or they're just so detached. And she was completely detached. Um, but I've had that. So you need to give it to Will to go plug it in. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. It is, it is church. But go in the other room. Will go go downstairs to the basement. Will. Like, why does he have to sit right behind me? Like, because he's there. <laughs> and he's gonna sit right behind me. <laughs> it's okay. You actually can't even see him, but it's okay that we do. This is a Good. Mother's Day uh, <laughs> topic of issue. Although now that we're talking about all this stuff, I really just want to produce this and like put it out like right away. Because I'm always the kind of person that's like, I know there's another mom or family out there that like needs to hear all of this information because it's just so important to know that there's other families that are dealing with all yeah, of this I, stuff. Yeah, I feel like um, it can be a really, really lonely Oh, super lonely. It's a lonely journey. Even when you know other families with kids with special needs, because um, even just getting together with people can be really tricky. Like we have, uh, we live in this cute little neighborhood and um, we have friends in the neighborhood, but like sometimes my girlfriend will text and be like, do you guys want to come over for dinner? And I'm like, yeah. like, can you come here? <laughs> Cause at least he can yeah. go to his room and shut the door if he needs right. to go away. Um, or, you know, but of course, like I want to go to their house because it's way nicer than my house. Like, and they just, <laughs> well, it's just kitchen. nice like, again. I want to sit in your beautiful kitchen and be happy for you 
right because they waited you know like but and then it's hit or miss like sometimes my boys will go my daughter it's fine but even my littlest guy he he's behind with speech um I we don't have the same issue same issues going on but um you know there's still little bits of issues so he's on the same program as my okay oldest um on a much lighter model um but you know, just something like that, it's hard. Or like, if we are getting together with people, you can't, I can't take my eyes off of, I mean, Will's a little older right now. So I, he is a little bit more, um, he's a lot more independent. Like, I don't need to go to the bathroom with him and all that stuff. But like, he might just like smack a kid or something. And I can't let that happen, right? So you you have to be Mm helicoptery because you don't want to bother anybody else. Hey, Will. Well, you need to stop. Sometimes with TV, he does that. Well, I didn't hear what he was doing. What oh, was he's he doing? just doing a little stimming? Okay, yeah. Well, we Which well, drives yeah. me we, like. Is it a lot of? Is it vocalizations? <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. so is Allie's. Allie is very. Her vocal stems have gotten progressively louder because she's gotten bigger, right. and so they weren't as noticeable when she was younger. But now that her voice has changed a little bit, like she's just—it's not a squeaky it's high more voice. It's, yes, that's yeah. a great word. It is yeah. so much more powerful, and it like—I mean, it, she she did it the other day. We were in the grocery store. And she was like right here, like she was very close to me and she did it. And my ear literally was ringing the entire time we were in the grocery store. I mean, that is how loud and powerful it was. And I was like, you can't do that. And her other thing, and this is so not funny, but because of COVID, she loves to go up to people and like, like yell in their face. And I'm like, you cannot. And then she coughs, (laughs) but it's not like a real cough. It's like an attention. (laughs) And I'm like, you can't do that. You can't do that in school. They're going to send you home. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, not at all. You can't get your germs. People are going to be so upset. Yeah. But that exactly just something as dumb as running to target. I go in the morning. Um, I mean, I think the employees now know me. I've been going there since like yeah. You know, before my kids were born. So they've seen me pregnant and they know, like right. I have to put Will in the carriage 99% of the time. And then I got West strapped in. Cause I'm like, if somebody runs, I need like right. containment Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when it's just me. And, um, and then I think too, like, I just, I've been going to the gym. Maybe I turned 40 last summer and, um, I was like, I have to do something for myself. Like my kid is going to be bigger than me and he's already. I was strong. just going to ask that and question. What if I need to like tackle him to the ground one day? So that's why I kind of started going. I only go two times a week, but at least I feel stronger and I feel like I'm taking care of myself because really for 10 years I haven't, yeah. um, or maybe 12 because my daughter will be 12. So you, you've got to think about all that kind of thing. when you have a kid with special needs that most people don't think about. And again, I'm lucky. I don't want to say lucky, but like we have family members with children with CP and they can't, they have to do everything for them. So I understand like the boat I am in is not as bad as somebody else's boat or something, but it's still, you still have, it's still a boat. It's still a boat. boat. Um, Every kid typical or not, has struggles, but sometimes has struggles going on. Yeah. Their struggles kind of go above other people. 
Yeah. No. And I think, you know, for me, um, one of the, like when we got her diagnosis, um, that was one thing. And so we're like, you know, you, you kind of only think maybe like a year out, which is like, okay, so academically, she can't write her name, but we'll get there. Or she can't, you know, when you said your son couldn't pedal a bike, Allie was the same way. So we put ankle weights on her, which is what helped her feel her feet on the pedals. And then she learned how to ride a bike. So now she rides a bike or not too, I mean, it's a tricycle. Um, yeah. She can't, her balance is not well, but, um, and she's taught herself how to swim. Like she gross motor things are become very easy Our to her. Yeah. Fine motor forget it. Is is, another story. Yeah. yeah. She does not like coloring. She doesn't like making necklaces like that. A typical 12 year old girl, you know, would like to do that is just not her jam at all. Yeah. We just recently added handwriting into our, our program. I was trying to find. It's so like, you know, we have, and we have everything we have. In fact, the desk that I'm sitting at was the desk. So she went virtual. We kept her home for a year because of COVID. And we have, I mean, you've seen all this stuff, like net, like matching the first sound of whatever. It's so funny that I have all this stuff in here. Um, But yeah, you know, and we have, you know, Allison's morning meeting, like, you know, how do you feel and all the stuff, you know? And yeah, so, I was terrible at that. Um, they always wanted me to do the pecs. And I was like, I, I just can't. <laughs> no, because they have to have a picture for everything. Oh, my gosh. My I mean, life it got easier. never been that organized. <laughs> it got easier when the iPad and the Pro- Prolico came out. And right. so we, she does right. use Prolico at school. Not a lot. I think the, um, she, does, she doesn't use it at home at all. She does not use an iPad to communicate at home. Um, because she can communicate at least the basics to us. Um, so we, you know, kind of know, like she goes to bed on her own. Like she'll say, oh, I want to go to bed. You know, I'm, I'm bed is what she says. Kind of sounds like iPad. That's what we thought it was yeah. for a while, but she was saying, ah, bed. Um, but, you know, it wasn't until recently because, you know, I obviously I have a ton of friends that have um, kids, kiddos on the spectrum, but then, you know, I have friends that have, you know, obviously typical kids and, you know, and they're typical kids that are the same as Allie experiencing different things. And that's, that's for me, that was like the hardest part was kind right. of like, um, and then even thinking even further ahead than school that like, you know, well, obviously the main one being that she'll never live independently like ever, like that's just not in the cards for her. And we've accepted that. And so, you know, emotionally, we have to accept it financially. We have to plan for it. Yeah. You know, that's a whole nother, that's a whole thing, you know, this this pushed my husband, um, who's always been driven, but he, um, completely, this has been driving a driving force for him and it's given him courage to take leaps and do different things. And, um, because he's like, what if he has to live with us or what if he can live independently, but he can't really support himself as well as somebody else, because we don't know yet. Nobody, we, well, we also have NASA. I don't really care what people say. We'll get, we'll cross that bridge in, you know, another 10 years. Um, but we kind of have plans in our mind, like how could we make this house so he could live here, but live independent? Like you've got all this stuff going and your kid is like five and you're thinking ahead what most parents don't need to think of. So mm-hmm. God, the stress of it on top of you, it just, it changes you. In addition it, to the day 
today things. Yeah. I mean, for you home, I mean, lucky we have, you know, a school now it, and I'm not, I'm okay with this, but you know, it's a 45 minute drive each way. I mean, it's the school's not close. Yeah. You know, yeah, her, her and right, and her being on the spectrum was a big reason why we didn't have any more kids. I mean, right. I was like personally for us, like I cannot handle that. Like I just want to. I for me, it's just like all the money, all the whatever is just going to go into making sure that she has the best life yeah, that she possibly can. Yeah. Um, but on the flip side, you know, I was a woman who wanted to have a whole table full of kids and wanted, I was an only child. So right. I wanted, you know, I didn't want my kid to be an only child and how great to have another kid because she's special needs and then have some, you know, what happens when we die? Like, you yeah. know, and all you yeah, down, I know. Like, these it's things and, thing. it's, and it's just like, yeah. you know, it's so hard to make because these aren't simple decisions. These no. are decisions that and I don't think that there's everything. a right or a wrong. I think you just have to do what's best in in the moment really like yeah. deciding to try for a third kid was not an easy decision yeah um i mean not at all i think what kind of tipped the boat for me was we did always want we started out saying we wanted five kids i mean i didn't for a long time my husband's like i want a basketball team right. um so three was kind of like our magic number and then will was four about four i think and we had just moved into this house and um, we were, it was like on the table and I'm like, you know what, worst case, worst case scenario, he has a best friend, right? Like he has another sibling to look out for him. And if this one has special needs, then, then they can be best friends together or whatever. And I think that was kind of like our tipping point. We were like, we already have all this stuff. We already have our doctors and our therapists and right. let, we felt like, okay, we can handle what we're doing. Exactly. Exactly. But, doesn't mean it was easy like this yeah. little guy never had much of a life because he was in speech therapy with <laughs> my oldest that's what we right. did and right. then COVID hit so he's kind of a product of that he never got to go to like the toddler lesson things and yeah. none of that he doesn't have friends <laughs> right yeah and <laughs> and <laughs> just speaking of COVID and having that layer on top of everything right. else that you know special right. need families deal with. Yeah. You know, I was freaking out because I wasn't sure if she was going to wear a mask. I wasn't right. sure. Well, my like, kids wouldn't wear one. So yeah. that just eliminated a whole lot of stuff. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, we were lucky enough yeah. that she would, and she did, which is shocking. Um, you know, and then it was like, getting them vaccinated, not getting them vaccinated. And we certainly do not have to get into a vaccination discussion, but that was something that came up too. Like, right. You know, and I something had... at the beginning, especially when you didn't know what was happening or, um, you know, when you were hearing like if some in hospitals, only one parent could go, we had to make all those like weird choices. Like what came down to it is I was like, if he gets sick, you have, my husband has to go with him because he can hold him down. I can't. Exactly. Like, so worst case scenario, my husband can hold him while the doctor looks like for me, I would need help. And that would be more scary for him. So we had, exactly. I can't even imagine not being there, but we had just something as little as that, which I'm sure even for every kid, you have to kind of make those choices, but with your special needs kid, it just, everything is just a little bit elevated. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Everything's a little bit scarier. Every, a little bit yeah. Harder. Well, and there's all these little details that you have that you have to think about that yeah. typical parents don't have to think about. Right. I mean, it's all like, I know that, you know, Allison can't like take a pill, like she can't swallow a pill. So everything has to be 
either, you know, taken to a pharmacy to be compounded down yeah. mixed with something, or it has to be given orally, but she won't take it. She can't use a spoon. It has to be a syringe. Like, I mean, there's all like, right. these are things that, you know, and even medical providers, which still, you know, they don't think about that. I mean, I think no. when they look at a family, they think every kid's just typical and this is, this is how it's going to be, you know? Right. And so, and not to mention that, you know, Allie can't tell them, Hey, I can't use a spoon. You have to get like, you just have to know. Cause if you try to do it with a spoon, she's going to smack it out of your hand. Medicine's going to go everywhere and she's going to get scared. Like it's, yeah. you know what I mean? Like we try to contain and try to make it as typical as possible so right. that we don't have to. And I, and I do this all the time is, you know, I, as much as people should be accommodating, I am always the one that is trying to accommodate. So even like when you said about your friend inviting you over for dinner, you're like, you know what, just right. come over here. Like, it's just, yeah. you know, um, yes. like you know, if we're in not- my house where I know all the safety perimeters, like right. I know <laughs> I can relax when I'm at somebody else's house, there's always a part of you on edge, right? Because you mm-hmm. don't know. Because um, you don't know, like, You don't what? want your kids to, like, break anything or. I know. I feel like I'm constantly going, don't touch that. Don't touch that. Or feel here. uncomfortable, <laughs> right? Like, right. we'll get, even though he wants to, he'll get there and be like, I want to go home. Yeah. Like, well, let's get through this one martini first. Like, You're right, right. <laughs> please <laughs> let me have this drink <laughs> but no it's so true Allison that is a, t- a phrase that she does know it well word she'll say home she'll say shoes on and say home um so yeah I mean it, you know and which is you know kind of good because they know you know where their comfort zone is right they know if they're yeah. uncomfortable like yeah. this you know but we we do we do as well kind of like how you do you know just wait it you know wait a little bit trying to teach them to kind of you know figure out what they can do to make right space right you need that you need them. to uh, encourage flexibility yes um and things like that which I'm sure we're all very aware of that word yeah. um and you know for will it's just it gets to be a lot sometimes like the social um oh yeah Allie but at the same time we're like I'm listening to him now and I'm listening to you talk about your daughter I'm like I remember when he couldn't talk and now we're like can you stop talking yeah <laughs> stop talking. Well, now we just tell her to stop vocalizing. (laughs) Please stop vocalizing. She does a lot of scripting. So like, she'll like, you know, script Mickey Mouse Clubhouse episodes, you know, Jake and the Emerald Pirates. Yeah. Kind of like her shows. Um, Echolalia. Yeah. Yeah. She does. She never really dealt with that, but yeah, yeah. she does a lot of that. It's like, I know you can say all this stuff, you know, and she can memorize, she memorizes stuff. Um, but yeah, I hear you with the vocalizations have, and we're like, go to your room. Like, if you want to do that, that's great, but it could not be out here. Like, right. right. It's usually TV, like, cause they, they have their iPads right now since I'm doing this, which we don't typically have during the day. Yeah. So he's watching some stupid YouTube oh. YouTuber or something. Yeah. And- <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Oh, that's so funny. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for You know having how long me. we've talked? An um, hour and a half. Oh my goodness. And I feel like we barely even like touched the surface of, I know, like we didn't, <laughs> we could, I know. Yeah. Well, no, I really wanted to hear your story. Um, and, yeah. and, and more about your kiddos. And it's, I'm sure everybody kind of has a unique story, but, um, I actually have stopped sharing a lot about the, like the Lyme stuff, which I used to be really passionate about. I used to want to do 
a lot of um, education about it, but yeah. I just completely stepped back. Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of fun to talk about it all again. Yeah, I didn't even how know far that was we've come. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And all okay, right. Thank you. thank you. Have a really good day. Thank you.